there. Welcome back to Sky High Musings. I am Monica and with me today is Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, Catherine is joining us today. She is a badass military officer down in Key West. And yes, you heard that right. She is a young, um, what is your rank, Catherine? I don't know that. An ensign, so an O-1. An ensign, which is an O-1, which is a, um, a junior officer in the Navy. So she is coming to us from Key West, which I think is absolutely amazing. And Catherine has um, joined us to talk about her journey. And um, Catherine, some of the reason that I wanted you on is because I took a very um, kind of linear journey into the military where I was just, I went straight from high school, I went to the Air Force Academy, which is like college. I'm explaining to our listeners, I figured you probably know what the Air Force Academy is, but um, it's like the Naval Academy or West Point. And, um, and then I just went straight from there to pilot training and then into the Air Force. So um, I know that your journey was a little bit less linear. So do you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, of course. So I graduated from college or from high school in 2014, and I went to Dickinson College, which is a small liberal arts school in uh, central Pennsylvania. Um, when I was there, I started taking Arabic as my language because you had to take a language, and then that got me interested, more interested in the Middle East in general. So I ended up majoring in Middle East studies and minoring in Arabic, which was amazing um and the reason i was interested in doing that is because i traveled to israel uh in high school a few times and i i really loved israel and i wanted and i had also been to dubai before um so i really wanted to kind of explore that area of the world more which i was able to do during college um twice actually i went to jordan both times the first time was because at the end of my freshman year of Arabic, my professor was like, she pulled me aside, really nice. She was like, hey, you're really not getting this very easily. Like, you need some help over the summer. And I was like, okay, ma'am, thank you. So my first trip to Jordan was for a month of intensive Arabic. And that was amazing. And then I went back my junior year for five months, um, which was equally as amazing. I loved it. I can't wait to go back. I haven't been back since then. Um, but I graduated college in 2000. Uh, I actually finished a semester early, so I went home December of 2017. Um, and then the rest of my, my colleagues were still there for another semester. So I just kind of like had that semester kind of figure out like what I was going to do. Um, Growing up, I'd always thought about being a lawyer, and the idea of being a JAG had actually like come across my mind, a judge advocate general in the, in the military. Um, and I actually uh, studied for the LSAT, and I took the LSAT, and it was awful, and I hated it so much. Um, I applied to law schools. I don't know if I got into any because I rescinded my application before I could get any answer back because I decided that more schooling at that time wasn't what I really wanted to do. So I, during my semester off, I had started applying for different jobs in DC with, you know, lobbying groups and nonprofit organizations and 
think tanks and stuff like that. Um, and as I think any young person with a bachelor's degree will tell you, it is next to impossible to get a job right yeah, now. It's um, Well, I think it's pretty brutal. And um, the, I feel like my generation did your generation a disservice. And I'm probably going to hear about this from some of my listeners. But the truth of the matter is we kept telling you guys do what you, you know, do what you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. But the part we left out was you have to get a job doing that thing. I really think that. I think that the there the the notion that going to college to learn um a job is <laughs> is kind of lost on a lot of people. And I don't blame you guys for that. I think it's like I think it's kind of a generational thing and I also think there are way more jobs available like when I was graduating from college. Yeah, and now I think one of the other things about it is a lot of the jobs I was looking at, even for entry-level positions, they wanted, you know, two years of experience. And I actually, like, I had an internship at the Army War College during college. Um, I had an internship with a lobbying company, but they wanted more experience. So So because of that difficulty in finding a job, um, I, I started thinking more heavily about the military because, you know, it always kind of been in the back of my mind. Um, you know, I, I think I thought it was a good idea. My mom actually, she's really big into bribing me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Actually, it works out well for both of us. Um, but she tried to bribe me when I went to college that if I got an ROTC scholarship, she would pay for like, she would buy me a new car. I was like, Mom, I am not waking up at 5 a.m. when I'm in college. It is not going to happen. So that didn't happen. But when I got home and I was applying for jobs, I did start thinking about it. And I eventually, um, in April of 2018, went to a recruiter and um, started talking to them about going to – I actually went to every different branch recruiter and was talking to them about officer applications and uh, stuck out with the Navy. Yeah, and I wish you would have reached out to me. I would have, like, said to you, Catherine, do the Air Force. But you have a family. You kind of have a family Navy history, right? No, actually. So you all, uh, like, the Air Force. And then my granddad was in the Army. He was uh, drafted. He was an MP in he actually just stayed in Alaska, but, um, so no, no one in the Navy, uh, when I studied abroad in Jordan, actually, I had studied abroad with two cadet, two midshipmen from the Naval Academy and then three, uh, students at West Point. And I, I was, you know, I asked them like why they were there and the people at the, at the Naval Academy, I just really liked both of their answers independently of each other. They were like, you know, I love the Navy's mission of, um, you know, being forward deployed to prevent conflict before it happens instead of responding to conflict. So that really resonated with me. Um, Also, the Air Force didn't have any openings for like another (laughs) year. So (laughs) I kind of... uh, I don't know. I, I just, I really liked the neighbor recruiter. I know that's kind of sad to say, but it does make a big difference. Like you go in for an interview. Um, no, I don't, so yeah, think it's, I don't think it's sad at all. And plus there's different, I mean, 
First of all, it's just like colleges. You know, everyone gets bent out of shape of what college they're going to go to. It's just the it's kind of a similar thing. There's a different service, you know, if you're first of all, if you're going to join the military, more power to you, no matter what branch it is. And second of all, you know, there's different branches for different people. I think it's great. But I do like to give you a hard time. I mean, it's like a requirement. That's totally, yeah. totally understandable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, I started talking to them in April of 2018. And I was just working odd jobs. I was actually bartending at a brewery in my hometown. I had moved back in with my parents. Which, How was that? You know, thank was... you. Thank you to them, but no thank you in the long term. Yeah, that's um, rough, right? And they have, don't your parents, aren't they working on like a, a like a fancy house and then they're living in a little house? Is that true? Um, they were at the time. They've actually moved into the bigger house now. Um, but yeah, sharing one bathroom still not, not what I really mm. had envisioned for my uh, post-college no. years. No. Um, but... I was working at the brewery in town that had just opened and I was, I asked my, actually, um, this is kind of a detour from the military, but, um, I opened a coffee shop with my cousin what? while I was waiting <laughs> for the Navy to, you know, respond to me. So wait, 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 I got to talk about that. So you're how old opening a coffee shop? So I was 23 when we opened Wow! and my, my cousin was 20. So, wow. Yeah. It was, it was, it was great. Everything like really, when I tell you that it couldn't have like been more perfect, like everything just fell into place because, you know, everyone knew I was applying for the Navy and that was my actual like end goal. So we were like, okay, you know, we're not going to jump over 50 hurdles. You know, if it doesn't seem like it's going to work out, then no harm, no foul, not going to work. I mean, everything just kept working and working and working. So we opened in January of 19. No, I'm sorry. We started talking about it January of 19. And then we opened in April of 19. Is it still open? It is, yep. So I... Once I, so I, we opened in April of 19. I left in August of 19 for officer candidate school. And, um, we, so Kara, my cousin, who is now 22, which is, no, yes, 2022. 20, oh, she's going to kill me when she hears this. Um, but she's, she runs it entirely now. So wow. she does all the day-to-day in her name. She owns it, which was the plan all along. Um, so, so what's the name of it? Let's give it a plug here. What's the name oh, of it? Of course. It's Nancy's Coffee Bar. It's in Strasburg, Virginia. Um, it's amazing. These Red Rooster Coffee Roasters. Oh, I love, like, obviously I love going home to see my family, obviously. But... Oof, that coffee is so good. I love it. I love it when you can stand behind your product. Of course. Oh, I still order coffee from her. Like, she mails me coffee down here. That's so cool. I love it. So, okay, so you here you are, this young entrepreneur who's also on her way to um, Oscar Candidate School. Where was that? That, for the Navy, is in Newport, Rhode Island. So... I went at like, I don't know if any, any of the listeners have been to Newport, but the weather there can be 
ex- a little extreme for uh, outdoor physical activity. Uh, but I went at like the best time possible. Um, I went in August, so it was still a little warm when I got there, but it was beautiful. And, you know, we would do our workouts and exercise outside. And then it got a little cooler as we were there and it was never awful cold. So I was very, very lucky. That's awesome. And how long was that? Um, it was when I went, it was 12 weeks. Um, I was one of the last classes that was only 12 weeks. Now it's 13 and they've added a new, um, cyber, like some cyber class of some sort. Um, because we do actual like academic classes while we're there learning about, you know, ship driving and naval history and engineering and physics and stuff like that. And then, um, did you, was there any part of that? I mean, cause you're, I'm, I, I don't mean to minimalize what you did, but you make it sound kind of easy. Was it really hard or was it um, easy for you? Be honest. So, well, I think that I came out at a, from a very different perspective than a lot of people. Um, and I really think it has to do with the coffee shop because that whole year before I, before I left for OCS, I was making decisions every day about what color are we going to paint it? What, what are our counters going to be like? How do we make this coffee? I mean, so every day was just full of decisions that I was making along with Kara, but at the very beginning, it was mostly like me driving the decision-making process. So I kind of saw OCS as a time where I didn't have to make decisions. People told me what to do. They told me where to go, when to do that. I mean, sometimes they weren't so nice about telling me what to do, but I just saw it as like, this is my job and I'm going to listen. Um, it was hard. It was obviously some days were harder than others. You know, we did have inspections and we had senior officers coming into our room and inspecting us and making sure we like knew all of the information we were supposed to know, which was stressful, which it was supposed to be stressful just to make sure we can kind of keep our wits about us in a stressful situation. Um, but all, all in all, I really did enjoy my time there. I really wouldn't want to go back voluntarily, um, if I didn't have to, but you know, I, I also had a great drill instructor. We had a Marine, uh, master sergeant actually, and a staff sergeant. And they were both like, they really hammered into us the first, the first part of our training, but then as we were there longer, they kind of tra- started treating us as junior officers and showing us that relationship between a junior officer and a senior enlisted and like more mentoring. Still got yelled at, but more mentoring than than yelling. Yeah. So I really did enjoy my time. Wow. Wow. Well, that's definitely um, better, I think, than four years of abuse, which is kind of what I submitted myself to. <laughs> yeah, I've heard stories about that. I don't know. Whew. It's fine. You know, it's the same thing. So I, I don't mean to minimalize what I did either um, by a long shot, but 
you know, I'm kind of one of those people who like, I, I hate to admit this, um, but I could kind of sit there and like peel off the parts I thought were like total BS. So there were just a lot of things I never really bought into. And um, it probably helped and hurt me all at the same time, you know, like that, like, for example, the notion, sometimes they would say stuff and it just, I never laughed outwardly because I had a sense of self-preservation, but sometimes they would just say stuff and I, I would just laugh inside my head like, oh my God, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, you know, or if you were getting yelled at for something really stupid, like, um, you know, your bed wasn't made right or whatever. I'm like, oh, oh, in my head, I'm like, okay, you know, like you, you play the game for sure, but it wasn't like yeah. I took it, like I didn't internalize the game, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. So now tell me. I will me say one time we did get yelled at because our master sergeant told a joke and we didn't laugh. So then we got yelled at for not laughing at his joke. Yeah, which you're I like, thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, well, that's when you know things are changing when they start acting like that. Then you know you're starting to get on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me about then how you got this pretty. So you're in Key West, which I don't know much about the Navy, but I know enough about the military to know that's not something people get right out of the chute. Yeah, I've so. Since being here, I've kind of realized how good I have it. I've talked to a lot of people. Um, you know, we we I've traveled for work uh, once, and I was talking to people where I traveled and telling them I was in Key West, and they were like, oh, my gosh, like, I put down to go to Key West every single time I come up for orders, and I never get it. So I was actually at um, my Navy training which was in Virginia beach. And we had two division officers and at the end of training, they give us a, a, they call it a dream sheet. And it's kind of a preference sheet saying, you know, these are the jobs that we have available, not the specific jobs, but like, you know, the job type. And then you either want to be in country or out of country. And then they had it split up between like, you could choose East coast or West coast. And then they had a comment section at the end and they were like, please don't kill us with the comments. Like we're talking serious things. Like, you know, I have to take care of my mother because she like lives in a nursing home, like put that in the comments and we'll try to accommodate. Right. And I, you know, being a 25 year old single, no kids, I was like, you know what? You join the Navy to see the world, which is what people say. I was like, let's see if we can do it. So I didn't fill out any of that paper. And in the comment section, I put needs of the Navy, send me wherever you want. And they came back into the classroom, I think like a week or two later, and they were going through the list and they like stopped before my name. And they were like, that, well, no, they said, okay, uh, and since Flynn, you're going to uh, Key West, Florida. And everyone in the classroom just turns and looks at me. And the, our, our division officer, he was like, you know why she got that? Because she put needs of the Navy and that's a great attitude to have. So they were like giving me a little pat on the back for being accommodating, I guess. But I don't know. I love it. I love Key West. I think I would have loved anywhere they sent me, honestly, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I, um, I think that story is amazing and to be frank with you, I'm amazed it worked out because sometimes they'll take you at your word and they're just, 
I mean, it worked out so amazingly well. And believe me, they're going to get you no matter what, right? We know that. At some point, you're going to end up on a ship. But, um, you know, it's one of those things... It's you just know that like, hey, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I definitely probably I, I won't do that again. But first time it worked well. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? That's that's exactly right. Um, you know, it's it's like you don't know what how it's going to work out no matter what you write. Like when I went, yeah. when I was in pilot training, I actually put down, I actually got what I wanted. I put down that I wanted to be, you know, cause at the time women couldn't fly in combat. So I put down that I wanted to be as operational as possible. And to me, that was, for some reason, there was an element of danger mixed in there. So I asked for, to be a hurricane hunter, you know, the hurricane reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I got it, but, um, which was kind of a miracle. But then on top of that, Tim, I don't know, my husband, he wrote something on his dream sheet, which we they call ours dream sheets too. And I couldn't believe he wrote what he wrote. He wrote, so we what we did was you put down the kind of airplane that you wanted. And he wrote that he wanted to fly low, slow, and ugly. I'm like, you can't write that. Like I was thinking, <laughs> I was like, that's like a professional piece of paper. You can't write, I want to fly low, slow, and ugly. And the next line was, if I can't fly low, slow, and ugly, which is the A-10, which is what he got, he said, if I can't do that, I want to go high, fast, and pretty, which is the F-16. So, oh, my god! I know. And then he, he ended up getting it. So sometimes stuff just works out. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm, I kind of want to get us wound up a little for our, um, for our lightning round too, but so tell me about your future. Like, what do you expect in the Navy? What do you expect to happen in the future? So I actually, um, coming in, I had a, I have a four year active duty commitment and then four years in the active reserves. Um, so I could extend here in Key West and finish up that first four years. Um, I don't see myself doing that at all. I'll, I see myself going. So the way that the Navy works, you have to do your shore duty, which is what I'm on now, kind of like office work. And then that's for officers. That's normally about three years. And then you go to a two year ship duty, which doesn't necessarily mean on a ship itself. It just more means that you're in a deployable unit. So it could be with, you know, a jet squadron or some some other, you know, special boat team or something like that. Um, So I I haven't started looking at the list of available jobs yet just because we can't really start planning two years out. Um, But I will start looking at it in the next uh, six months or so and then start talking to my my person who cuts my next orders. Um, but I'll be going to a deployable unit next, um, maybe overseas, you know, Naples would be really nice. I don't know. You know, we (laughs) never, we never said what you actually do. Are you allowed to say what you do in the Navy? Um, right now I just do office type stuff. Um, but I work at the joint interagency task force South. Okay. And then does that use your language? Do you need your language skills for that? Unfortunately, no. Um, The language skills that are more useful here is Spanish. 
which I did take four years of in high school, and I remember none of. So hopefully I will actually get back to Bahrain um, sometime soon. Maybe my next next station could be Bahrain. Um, But usually, so I'll probably have to be at a unit that gets deployed over there because just going there, that's also considered a shore duty. So I can't do another one back-to-back, but... Um, yeah, going to a deployable unit and then hopefully, uh, getting my master's degree after that. Do you, do you expect to stay in for 20 years or do you just not have any idea at this point? Yeah, right now I'm not really sure. I mean, if all of the Navy was like Key West and, you know, the leadership that I have here is amazing, um, which I, I feel really lucky about. If it was all like this, I would say hundred percent, 20 years I'll be in. But um, it really does depend where I go next and how, how, that, how that goes. Um, you know, maybe I wind up in San Diego, and I love San Diego so much that I can't leave it. You never know. Yeah. I've never been to San Diego, so we'll exactly. see. Exactly. I mean, it's, you don't get to exercise your cool language um, situation. But it's, I mean, I do think that my time in the military, you know, it's great to have, like, an actual working knowledge of places, you know, wherever the place is. So, I think I think that you know your plan is really solid. I mean, I know you didn't ask my advice, but that's a good that's a good plan. I mean, where you're not going to extend and maybe go do something else cuz I think I think it's it's important, you know, to just do as much as you can do and take advantage, you know, with what you've got there. Um so that's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. So do you want to play a little lightning round with me? These are just real easy questions that I've got for you. And um, yes. and you can just answer them just with a couple, a couple words. And um, some of these I've been just thinking about because of my own um, podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> I went and had, uh, this is a side note, but I love this for my listeners because I like to um, follow up with what I say I'm going to do. So I told my listeners that um, I had a gal on a while ago about how how to stay sane during COVID. And she was is a hardcore exerciser, um, mom of two young kids. And we had talked like during the podcast about how we like to play board games. So we had like a, um, a game night the other night. So I am going to actually have her on again. And we're going to talk about like, like that, like kind of facet that I think is a bit of a dying, a dying breed. So my first question for you is, Board games or video games? Definitely board games and actually not too much of a dying breed because there's like a big group of my friends down here that we get together and play board games or card games or what ha- what have you. Yeah, I think it's something, um, my personal feeling about board games, I've always been a little bit like I get bored when the... Um, I figured it out though. The good news is I used to think, oh, there's no board games I like to play. It's just when the rules are so exhaustively long that, you know, that you need an attorney to, like, figure out the rules. I'm like, I'm out. But when they're really yeah. fast moving, I really, really enjoy them. Do you have a favorite one? Um, I don't have a favorite, but one really good one is called um, One Night a Werewolf. And it's, like, a five-minute round. Cool. And you don't have to play more than one round. Like, I mean, it takes a few to get into, but it's a lot of fun, and you can play, like, three rounds 
because I I'm like okay I'm done after like 25 minutes I don't need to keep playing (laughs) yeah exactly exactly well I just wrote that down so thanks for that one um what did you miss during COVID um I I actually had a really different COVID experience because I was still uh in Navy training and we never stopped doing that um we weren't allowed to go out and do other things. So I did kind of miss out like on the going out to restaurants and breweries in Virginia beach. But, um, my friends and I in Virginia beach got together and played cards. So, and then I moved to Key West in July and things were kind of open here. So I don't know. I, I missed, I missed going to breweries, which is kind of sad to say, but you know, <laughs> I don't think it's sad to say because what I I think that the um the brewery winery you know distillery tours that people take I think it's really if you if you really watch people when they're there they're really just out usually outside I mean sometimes inside if the weather you know is bad um, they're usually just outside enjoying each other. Yeah. And so I don't think it's a terrible thing at all. Like I made it very clear to the audience that I don't drink very much, but I love going to breweries, wineries, distilleries, all of them, because people are just out having fun. And the whole purpose of doing it is to just enjoy yourself. Yeah, it is nice to get outside, get a little break. Exactly. Um, Okay, cats or dogs? I think I know that. Dogs. One. Yeah. Dogs, 100%. That's what I thought you were going to say. Same. Do you have any dogs down there? No. My dog lives with my mom in Virginia. But my, actually, one of my good friends just got a dog. So I'll live vicariously. Aw, that's so cute. Um, so who, besides your mom and dad, you can't say them. Oh, I think my dogs are going to start barking. I just see, I see the UPS man. They're going to go crazy. <laughs> If they hear them. But anyway, um, who besides your mom and dad um, really has inspired you? Um, is it cheating to say my stepdad? I don't think so. See, your stepdad, stepdad, really? You would pick him? I think so, yeah. Wow. And why is that? Well, he's the one who's really taken me traveling. You know, Israel, Dubai. He came to see me both times I was in Jordan. So I think that without, without him and that influence, I probably wouldn't have, you know, been to the Middle East and also his work ethic. Like sometimes it is really annoying that he works all the time and can't take a vacation. Um, he did take his first vacation actually to come down to Key West and he didn't have any work to do while he was here, but he does have a pretty good work ethic, if you think yeah, about that's, it. That's, well, I already knew that. That happens to be for my listeners. Her stepdad is my brother. So um, kind of uh, not a full surprise to me, but he can be so difficult sometimes that, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, but he is really has a heart of gold. And I know he loves you guys so much. So that's a cool answer. That makes me happy. Um, okay, so favorite country to visit. I think I know the answer to that, too. Yeah, it has to be Jordan. Yeah. And is it the, so what specifically, Catherine, is it the people? Is it, what? what is that? I, you know, I've tried to think about it before and kind of put it into words, and it's hard. It's, it is, it's the people and the food and 
just the architecture and the art. I mean, everyone is, you know, everyone wants, because I was learning Arabic, so everyone wanted to help me learn Arabic. I mean, taxi drivers were talking to me. They wanted to know about where I was from, you know, what I was doing. You know, the they would give me recommendations to go eat places. It's just, it's so beautiful, and there's so much history there, too. I mean, I'm from Virginia. We have, you know, for the U.S., that's, like, the most, one of the most historic places. For sure. But it's got nothing. I mean, like, Roman ruins everywhere, all around Jordan. It's just, it's it's kind of like a collage of, of cultures, too. So you have those, like, ancient Roman ruins. You have, like, the new western influences that you can see in Amman and then you go out to smaller cities and you see like things that probably haven't changed for two or three hundred years so I I just love all all of the now, aspects is that of it a, really. Is that a Muslim country? It is yes. Yeah so were um, you required to be covered when you were there? No I wasn't um there are certain parts of Amman that are like um, more traditional or conservative. So it would be considered, you know, respectful to, to cover your head or your hair if you were there. Um, and I did go to some of the smaller cities and I was the only woman without a hijab on, but it was more just like, Oh, look, she doesn't have a hijab on. Like it wasn't anything more than that. But I was always respectful and, you know, tried to wear longer pants or skirts and like a long, like a long sleeve shirt or quarter leave shirt, quarter sleeve shirt, um, just to kind of like respect their culture and what they live by. Yeah. You know, I had this thought when you were talking about the teacher that had mentioned that you weren't getting it. I wonder if she, I mean, this is just a thought because maybe she really did think you needed help but maybe she saw something in you like do you ever wonder that like if she saw something in you or do you think she was really like hey you need help and then it was just with the help of others that you figured out to go on this trip no I mean I think that she so she's actually from Egypt um and I think that she she understands how important it is to actually like be immersed in the culture to truly like understand the language because you know there are a lot of things I sh- I showed up to Jordan the first time and I was you know speaking the Arabic that I knew and the people I were with they were like you know you're speaking like the equivalent of Shakespearean English to these people in Arabic and I was like no so it's just like what you learn in the classroom is one thing but like actually being there and learning from not only your instructors, but like people that you talk to on the street, I think that she, she probably saw that that's what I needed because the classroom stuff wasn't clicking, but the conversation was. Yeah. Right. Right. That's so interesting to me. I, sometimes I'm amazed just at this stage of my life, how sometimes people can make a passing comment and it can either really take root in a positive or negative way. Sometimes people make passing comments, sadly, that take root in a negative way. But in a positive way, you know, it's it's like, it's really interesting how 
that comment, you know, I wouldn't say it was the only thing. I mean, I think we can all agree that it was uh, many things, but just kind of helped drive you that way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. If you were to be offered, would you go up in one of those space things, like with Bezos or whoever those guys are, you know, the guy from Virgin? No. You no, wouldn't? no, no. Yeah. No. I, would, I don't really, like, I, you know, the ground is good for me. I'm I don't with really, you. I don't look forward to going on a ship. You know, I'll fly to get places I need to go, but... Yeah, the ground is good for me. I'll stay here. <laughs> I'm with you there. I don't I don't understand this new um kind of new generation space race. It makes no sense to me. I'm like, you guys have at it. I've did my fair share of flying throughout my life. So I'm it's if someone else wants to go out there and get out into the, you know, into space, have at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not for me. Well, Catherine, it has been so great to have you on. I really appreciate you coming. I know you're super busy down there. No, I thank you for asking me. I'm really glad that we could do this. Yeah, I'm 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 really glad to get your story out. Um, for reference, can you tell the audience how old you are? I'm twenty five. Yeah. So that's incredible to me that you can teach yourself a foreign language and immerse yourself in another country and make your way into the Navy and be where you are now at age 25. I think it's pretty admirable. So good on you. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. As always, I'd like to thank you for joining today. And if you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the channel.